I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. Then you came along and you put me back together. now satisfied here in your love oh there's nothing better than you oh there's nothing better than you oh there's nothing nothing is better than you no I'm not afraid Show you my weakness, my failures and flaws. Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend. Cause the God of the mountain is still the God of the valley. There's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. Oh, there's nothing better than you. No, there's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing, nothing is better than you. You turn mourning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one who can. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. You're the only one who can. Well, I heard an old, old story. How a Savior came from glory. How he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me i heard about his groaning of his precious blood's atoning then i repented of my sins and won the victory oh victory you turn mourning to dancing you give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one who can. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. Well, there's nothing 
better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. One more time, just our voices. Oh, there's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. morning, Bryansburg. That is some good singing this morning. Uh, what a wonderful time we've already had as we've come together for one purpose, and that one purpose is to glorify the name of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ, and we're glad that you are with us this morning. For those of you joining us through television or through Facebook Live, we'd like to welcome you this morning. So glad that you're with us. I'm Brother Brad Walker. I'm the pastor here at Bryansburg Baptist Church, and if you're joining us on Facebook Live, 
If you would there in the comment section, if you would put your name and uh, any prayer requests that you might have, and we're so glad that you're with us. Good way for us to be able to connect with you. And uh, perhaps this morning, this is the first opportunity that you've had to be with us here in the worship center here at Brinesburg, and we want to welcome you today. And you'll notice there in the pew in front of you, there is a card. If you take that out and fill it out and place that in uh, the offering plate on the large table in the foyer as you're leaving, uh, helps us to know of your attendance, yes, but more important to us, helps us to know how we can minister to your family, how we can pray for your family, and we're very glad to have you this morning. If you would, um, please take out your Sears catalog, and um, this has a lot of information in it today. So uh, I don't think we're going to go through every single piece, uh, but we'll try to hit the high points here. Uh, first of all, uh, this is our week of prayer uh, for North American missions, and so I hope that you have gotten your prayer guide. Use this prayer guide this week. Don't just, um, don't just keep it in your Bible and, and have it there next week and never look at it. Don't just throw it in the back of the, co- of the car. But uh, read this this week and see those missionaries that are currently serving in North America. Um, that There's many more, but these are the missionaries that kind of remind us of what's going on on the mission field here in North America. And you can pray for these folks by name each day. And so I hope that you will do that. And then also pray about how you might give. And so you also have an envelope. And this is for you to pray and, and to give uh, towards our uh, goal this, this year is $3,000 for North American missions. And so you pray about how you can help us uh, to reach and to exceed that goal once again this year. And so uh, we're, we're so thankful for that opportunity. Um, also notice in your bulletin, uh, this is the Sunday that we've been talking about. We're going to begin the, the process of collecting the information for our uh, digital directory. And so you'll, you'll see the uh, form that's in your bulletin. If for whatever reason you didn't get a bulletin, uh, there are even just forms out next to the box uh, that you're going to put these in out on the large table in the foyer. Uh, but do fill this out. We need uh, your name and, and your spouse's name. And then the children that will be in the directory. So let's say you have some wonderful children that live in Colorado. We love them, but they're not going to be in our directory, okay? So we don't have to have that information. We need those folks that are going to be in your picture that go to our church so we can have that information, okay? So that's what the, the children is about for, the, for us to be able to know uh, those kids that are maybe in our, in our children's or youth ministries or whatever else. So uh, that's what that's about. And again, your information, uh, contact information, uh, there's a, a box there. If you want to keep that private, that's fine. Uh, then it would just be your name and your picture in the directory. Uh, but we'd really love to have your information. That's where this is going to be uh, most helpful. And so please do that for us. And then again, on the back, uh, please do check those particular groups that pertain to you and to your family. And so uh, fill that out. As you're leaving this morning, you're going to see a, what color box is that, black or purple? Blue. I was wrong on both accounts. Okay, so it's a blue box, and uh, there's going to be some envelopes. You can just fold this up, uh, put it in that envelope, drop it in there, and then this week we're going to be inputting all that information, and then we'll have another assignment for you next week, okay? So uh, that's the opportunity you have this week is to give us your contact information, get that all filled out, and we'll get that input, and then we're going to have another step of pictures next week, okay? So we'll be talking about that a little bit more. But uh, please do fill that out for us, and we appreciate you helping us in that area. Um, Again, notice in your bulletin all that's going on right now. Uh, We certainly do want to remind you of our church cleanup day, that if you've not yet signed up, that you're going to be here for breakfast. We do need you to sign up for that, uh, just so that we make sure we have enough fixed uh, for that morning. Um, Also, Disciple Now, 
uh, 17th to the 19th. Again, uh, notice that. And then uh, our children's Easter celebration is going to be here in about a month. We do need you to begin to bring in candy. We're getting, on, uh, we're getting to that time where we really need to get that collected and know what we've got. And then also, um, as we sign up for, for workers, we need you to help us with that. It's going to be a fun day. Uh, we're going to have a lot going on, and we want you to be a part of it. So uh, many other things going on, but I certainly do want to uh, turn our attention to our prayer list again this week. Uh, we have many, many folks that are in need of a physical touch. Uh, folks that would normally be with us and are not today because of some physical ailments, and we certainly want to remember them in prayer. Um, but also maybe some of us who are here in relationships um, that are broken right now, maybe a financial burden that's upon us right now. Uh, maybe we're praying for that lost loved one, or maybe we are that lost loved one. Uh, we don't yet have a relationship with Christ. Maybe that's you today, and if that's you today, I want you to recognize the Holy Spirit's going to uh, be working on your heart today. Be tender towards that. Be receptive to what the Holy Spirit's saying to you. As, as he draws you near, answer him today. And let's see this day be a day of salvation. And so uh, with that in mind, let's go to the Lord and pray together. Lord, thank you. Thank you for yet another Sunday that we can come together and worship. That, Lord, you have given us the opportunity to sing praises to your name Lord, that you've given us an opportunity to pray and to know you hear us and you respond to us. To, Lord, open up your word and to know you're going to teach us. And so, Lord, today I know there are many needs as we come into this place. There's a variety of, of, of different uh, issues going on in our own lives, the life of our family, maybe uh, with, in our church life or our, our work life. And we lift all those needs up to you. But most importantly today, we pray for the lost. Lord, I pray for the child. I pray for the teenager. I pray for the adult, even the senior adult who may be here today. And to be honest, they know that they don't have a relationship with you. They know they've been going through the motions. They know that they've gotten in the habit of coming every week and sitting through a service and at the end of the service knowing that they didn't do what you called them to do. And Lord, today I pray that it wouldn't just be like every other week. Lord, I pray that this week would be a week of obedience. I pray that this week would be the week where they say yes to a relationship that doesn't just change this life, but literally changes their eternal destiny and destination. Lord, do the work that only you can do today in our hearts and in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
recognize that all of us come into this place with a certain amount of baggage, um, conflict, issues, whatever it may be today, maybe this week that you've been dealing with. And we want to give you the opportunity as we get, begin to get ready to enter into a time of the study of God's Word, to have your heart where it needs to be. Um, for us to be able to come to this altar and, and to lay some things down, maybe to make that pew that you're at, maybe to make that an altar, maybe at home, that, that chair, or that couch, wherever you're at, just to, to bow down and to give it to Jesus. And so this morning, with every head bowed and with all eyes closed, we want you to recognize this altar is open. This is a time for us to spend with Jesus. Let's spend this time in prayer together. thank you today. We thank you for the opportunity to come and to just bow ourselves down at the foot of the cross, recognizing that whatever it is that we're facing may very well be bigger than us, but it is not bigger than you. Lord, that when we compare our issues with our God, they pale in comparison. And so, Lord, help us to keep our eyes fixed solely on you. So that, Lord, that health issue, that relational issue, that financial issue, whatever it may be, Lord, that we recognize that you can handle it. Lord, that you can bring us through. Lord, that you can heal the wound. That, Lord, you can, you can bring restoration. Lord, that you can save that lost loved one or friend. Lord, that you can do the impossible. And so, Lord, today, as we enter into your word, Lord, today speak to us in a powerful way. Lord, do the work in us that only you can do to your honor and glory, Lord. It's in Jesus', in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Everybody stand with me, please. Song, Nothing But the Blood of Jesus. Let's sing
Thank you. Great job, choir. This morning, turn with me again in your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew. As we continue our journey, as we look at the passion of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and as we journey uh, from the cross all the way to the resurrection over the next few weeks, today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 27, and we'll be looking at verses 15 through 26 today. So as you're turning there in your Bibles, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you today for the opportunity to enter into your word. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us and help us to recognize what an important uh, question it is that we're answering when it comes to the question of who is Lord of our life. Uh, Have we entered into relationship with you or are we just going through the motions? Are we religious or are we in a relationship? Lord, help us to answer that and be able to answer it honestly. And Lord, I especially pray for my friends who are here. They don't yet know you. Uh, They know about you. They know a lot of facts and figures maybe. Maybe they're faithful to come to church. But they don't have that personal love relationship with you. Lord, I pray that you would do a work today. Lord, I pray that you would keep them from just going through the motions on another Sunday of listening and sitting and leaving. But Lord, today that they would have to truly answer that question of do I know Jesus? And Lord, that your Holy Spirit, he himself would convict them, and Lord, that we would see salvation today in this place. Lord, I know I'm a very weak vessel, so I pray that you might hide me behind the cross and only you'd be seen and only you'd be heard. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. When we think about our daily life, when we think about our week, we recognize that we are confronted with a lot of different questions on any given day. A a lot of sometimes important questions, sometimes maybe mundane questions, um, but questions nonetheless. And in our culture, one of the big questions that people will ask you, are you a Democrat or Republican? And they want to know the answer to that question. Or maybe something more important, a lot more important, like what kind of truck do you drive? Um, A Ford or a Chevy or Ram? You know, they want to know that kind of information from you. Uh, Maybe it's, it's something as important as what football team or what basketball team, or what baseball team do you root for? Because that determines whether or not we can get along, you know? Uh, so those are, those are important questions. Or, or maybe it's the question of um, Coke or Pepsi, and you go to the restaurant, and they say, well, all we have is Pepsi. Is that going to be okay? And the answer to that is no, it's not. That's not going to be okay. Or that all-important question in a restaurant, potato, baked potato, or fries? Or maybe soup or salad? And, and have you ever noticed there's sometimes... Um, you know, people aren't, I don't know, they just seem like they're not ready for that question. I, I hadn't thought about it. Uh, let me think. I didn't study for that part of the test. Uh, hard questions, you know. Some people really tense up when they're asked a question. You ask some people, one of the things that they're most scared of in life is having to take a test. Uh, you know, some people have that, that nightmare, that, that dream where they wake up sweating, where there's a test being, being given and they weren't prepared for it. They didn't study for it. And they're panicking because, because, oh, I didn't study for this test. When it comes to questions, sometimes uh, we get really nervous about those things. This morning, as we look at our passages of Scripture, the context here is we're going to see the chief priests and the elders are, are basically through with their mock trial. And they have decided that they want Jesus dead. Not based on evidence, but based on what they want. 
And so the, the Jews could not put anyone to death. And so because of that, they decide they're going to go to their bitter enemy, the occupying Roman government, to put Jesus to death. That's what they've decided they want. And so they give all of this over to the Roman governor, Pilate. Somebody they normally wouldn't want anything to do with. But they go to Pilate. And Pilate really wants nothing to do with Jesus. And so he's looking for some simple way to try and release Jesus. Pilate asks the people who were there that day three very important questions that I believe are most important for us to answer today as well. Because how you answer these questions determines how and where you will spend not only the rest of your life, but literally your eternity. And so this morning, please give me your attention. Turn off the smartphones. Uh, Don't worry about what's going on beside you or behind you. And listen this morning to these questions. Because like it or not, you must and you will answer these questions yourself sooner or later. And so with that in mind, let's stand in honor of the reading of God's word. Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27. And we're going to start there in verse 15. Now, at that feast, the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner whom they would. And they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ? For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. And when he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have have thou nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priest and the elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered, and he said unto them, Whither of the twain will ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. And Pilate said unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all said unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why? What evil hath he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. And when Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and he washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Then released he Barabbas unto them. And when they had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. You may be seated. This pagan Roman governor asks the Jewish people and their leaders three important questions that are just as important here in 2023 as they were in the first century. And the first question is a question of desires. And we see this in verse 21. And 
when you go back to, to Matthew 27, verses 15 through 17, it kind of gives us some context here. Now, at that feast, the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner whom they would. And they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. He was a murderer. That's what he was notable for. And therefore, when they gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you? Barabbas, a murderer, an insurrectionist, or Jesus, which is called the Christ? Do you want a murderer or do you want Messiah? That is the question. The question is, do you want a violent murderer or do you want your Savior? When you're offered this question, it's really what type of life do you want to live? What type of life are you wanting to live? When you're offered a choice between Jesus and any other alternative in life, you are making a choice that will affect not just your life but your eternity. And depending on how you answer this question, you're going to experience one of two different lifestyles. The first is a life of sin and rebellion towards God. This is the lifestyle that is lived outside of a relationship with Jesus. It's a life that is out of control, and it's a life out of control because Satan is their God. Paul says in Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the princes of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also you know all our conversation in time past and the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as others. So it's a life that is completely out of control. And because of that is also a life of no peace. There is no peace outside of a relationship with Jesus because there's always something missing. And we may try to stuff a lot of junk in there. We may try to, to stuff substances like alcohol or drugs, but the next day there's still a hole. We may try to stuff... Uh, sinful relationships but again the next day that person is left and we're left with a bigger gapping hole in our heart than we had before maybe it's a job maybe it's career maybe it's hobbies whatever it may be but there's always that missing piece and because there's a missing piece we have no peace Isaiah 48 22 there is no peace saith the Lord unto the wicked but not only is there no peace but there's a life of no lasting joy no lasting joy. Sure, you may have some pleasures, but nothing lasting. People say, well, I, I enjoy, you know, living this way because I get to do what I want. And nobody can tell me what to do. I don't go to church and, and waste my time on that religious stuff or whatever the, the, the answer might be that people try to throw at us. But ultimately, those, those are just fleeting pleasures that lead to nothing of, of really lasting joy of any kind. But also it's a life of condemnation. God does hold man accountable. And we need to understand that. God does hold man accountable. Is God sovereign? Absolutely. Are we accountable for our sins? Absolutely. Both. John chapter 3 verse 18. Jesus says this. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. We're responsible for our sins. And so a life without Jesus is a life that is lived under condemnation. 
but also it's a life of hopelessness. Nothing is waiting for the unbeliever other than an eternity separated from the Lord in hell. I don't know about you, but I have been through some difficult days in my life. I've been through some days that if I didn't have Jesus, those would have been hopeless days. When there's sickness, it doesn't seem like there's going to be a cure. When there's the death of the clo- one of the closest people in our life, it doesn't seem like there would be any hope. But because of Jesus, there's great hope. Without Jesus, there is no hope. There's nothing waiting for the unbeliever other than separation from, from the Lord. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But the other life is a life of salvation and the blessings of God. Again, this is the lifestyle of a person who chooses Jesus and is a life under control. It's a life where God is in charge, and so it's under control. Galatians 5.16, this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. When God is in control, we recognize that there's just, it brings peace. And so it's a life of peace. In John 14.27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We recognize that a life that is lived with Christ is a life of contentment, because contentment is found in Jesus. Psalm 34, 8, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. It's also a life of absolute lasting joy. Not perfection, but contentment. This side of heaven, uh, it's not going to be perfect, uh, but there's a contentment because we recognize the joy that we can have in Christ. Philippians 4.11, not that I speak in respect of want, for I've learned in whatever state I am therewith to be content. You don't have to have everything, sunshine and roses, to have contentment as the child of God because we recognize that the end result of all of this is going to be heaven. So there's lasting joy even in the difficult days of life. In fact, it's called joy unspeakable throughout Scripture. 1 Peter 1, 18, For as much as you know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition from your fathers. 1 Thessalonians 5.16, rejoice evermore. There's a reason to rejoice because we recognize that we belong to Christ, but also it's a life that's free of condemnation. Sin for the believer has been done away with forever. It has been paid in full at the cross of Calvary. Romans 8.1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, our debt that we could never have paid on our own has been paid in full by the Lord Jesus Christ. But also it's a life of hope. There's a better place that's waiting for the believer. Isn't that good to know? 
that no matter what we face in this life, that this is not home, this is not the final destination, that there is something so far greater that we can't even comprehend it, there is a better place. 1 Peter 1, 3-5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. But we see that Pilate had a second question as well. And this is a question that's found in verse 22, and it's a question of destinies. Now notice here that Pilate uh, really hadn't found any crime at all. He's looking and he's saying, these guys, they have some kind of religious skirmish going on here, but there's nothing, there's nothing that would merit that he's broken any law whatsoever against Rome. And so he, he's found no, no crime, and certainly no crime that is meriting death. Pilate's looking for any avenue now to avoid having to deal with this Jewish religious skirmish. And so Pilate's solution is to pass this decision off onto the people. And so he says, what shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? He's asking the people, the people that Jesus came to rescue, remember that. He's asking them, what will you do with your Messiah? He's saying he's called the Christ. Pilate understood this. Pilate understood what was being said here. What are you going to do with your Messiah that you've been praying for for generations? What are you going to do with him? What do you do with Jesus? It determines where you're going to spend eternity. What are you going to do with Jesus? Proverbs 9:12. If thou be wise, thou shalt be wise for thyself. But if thou scornest, thou alone shalt bear it. The choice is absolutely and totally yours. What will you do with Jesus? What are you going to do with him this morning? Because to refuse Jesus is to be lost and doomed to hell. Think about hell and think about the horrors of it. 2 Thessalonians 1.9 Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power? The worst part of hell is the separation from God. Not just the flames, not just the darkness, not just the pain. The worst part is the separation, the total separation from the presence of God. Psalm 917, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. Many will argue that God is too good to send anyone to hell. God's a good God. God would never send anyone to hell. There's that argument that, it, that God is so loving and he would never send anyone out of his presence, that he would never have them separated from him for eternity in a place of, of eternal punishment. And yes, God is good. Yes, he is good. But if you go to hell, it's because you're sinning yourself. God's sovereignty, and he is 100% sovereign, does not in any way negate your human responsibility. You are responsible for every sin that you have ever committed. Those who have lied, those who have cheated, those who have killed, all of those sins, those are on them. 
Those who have lived their lives fighting against the Lord. Those who have lived their lives declaring that they do not want a relationship with Jesus. Those who have pushed you away and slammed the door in your face and time after time said, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to do anything for Christ. I'm not going to have a relationship with him. Guess what? They have self-selected hell as a conscious choice. They have rejected Jesus. To receive Jesus, though, to receive Jesus is to be saved and headed to heaven. Heaven and its glories are too great for us to even comprehend. Revelation 21, 4. This is, this is John during the Revelation just trying to wrap his head around it. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. He's saying whatever you know now, what all pain, whatever hardship, whatever issues you're facing in this life, those are going to be done away with, and they're going to be forgotten. 1 Corinthians 2.9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. You see, God, through the Holy Spirit himself, has given us the ability to self-select heaven. He has caused us to have a heart that has been convicted. The Holy Spirit has come and done that work and given us the ability to say yes to him. And if you want to be with Jesus, if you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit from heaven, if you understand that, then today he is calling you. If he has chosen you and convicted you of sin and, and you're feeling the prompting of the Holy Spirit to come to him into relationship today, then you're ready to be saved. Today's the day. You say, well, I may not understand everything. Has the Holy Spirit convicted your heart? If he is, then you can be saved. Today. Yes. You can be certain of heaven. Well, how can I know that I'm saved? How can I know that, that I'm re really a part of the family of God? Because you have a relationship with Jesus. That's how you can know. And if you have a relationship with Jesus, then you're going to go to heaven. That's, that's where you're going. That is your final destiny, is at home in heaven with him. John 1, 12. For as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when it shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Where do you want to spend eternity? Have you thought about that? Get off your phones. Listen to me. Where do you want to spend eternity? That's the question that Pilate's asking here. What are you all going to do with Jesus? Jewish people that Messiah came for, what are you going to do with Jesus? And he's asking you the qu same question today. You're going to go through the motions? You're going to deny him again? Or are you going to say yes to Jesus? What will you do with him? Then the final question we see in verse 23. It's a question of decisions. Pilate's still trying to avoid this no-win situation, and, and Pilate has questioned Jesus, and he's found no crime ever having been committed. Pilate has listened to the accusations of others. They have no merit. He realizes what's going on here. It's a power struggle. And so now he asks the pe people what their issue is with Jesus. He said, I don't understand you people. What is your issue? What evil hath he done? 
He's saying, I've, I've talked to this guy. I've asked him questions. I don't know what your problem is. What evil hath he done? You tell me. You give me a reason that I should have him crucified. This question applies to both the rejecter and the receiver of Jesus. What bad thing did Jesus do to you that has caused you to tell him no? What evil has Jesus done that causes you week after week to push him away? What has he done? Tell me. What reason do you have for rejecting Jesus to his face week after week? What has he done? He loves you. I know he does that. I know he died for you. I know he did that. I know he longs to be with you. He, he, he calls you to come to him week after week. All he has provided for you, if you will only receive him, if you are only by faith, trust him. And Christians this morning, the same question. What has Jesus done to you that has caused you to walk away from him? And to say, well, I, I, I don't want to serve anymore. I, I'm, I'm kind of mad at God. I'm, I'm kind of mad at, at, at Jesus. Whatever the, the response might be. What has he done to you? I know what he did for you. I know that he saved you when you deserved hell. I know that he has never left you and never will. I know that he has provided everything that you've ever needed and always will. I know that he loves you and I know that that is unconditional love. So can you give me one good reason why you've walked away and why you won't come home? I guess it's why I love Jesus' parable of the prodigal son there in Luke chapter 15. Because here's this absolutely unconditional loving father. And here's this ungrateful son. That's us. And the son comes up to his father. He says, I want my portion of the inheritance because basically dad... I want my money, and I wish you were dead so I could have it. And so brokenhearted, the father gives this younger, ungrateful son his inheritance, and he goes off, and he, he lives in sin, and he squanders the in, entire inheritance in no time at all to a place where he finally finds himself in a pig pen, a Jewish boy in a pig pen, recognizing that he can't even eat what the pigs eat because his stomach can't digest it, but that those pigs have it better than him. And he thinks, what am I doing here? Because I can go back to dad. I can't go back as a son because I'm not worthy. But I could go back as a servant. I could go back and, and I believe he'd take me in as a servant. And those servants are treated better than I'm experiencing right now. So with his tail tucked between his legs and with his speech memorized that he's going to give to his dad, he begins to walk home. And as soon as that boy's silhouette breaks the horizon, a Hebrew man who was never to run picked up his robe and began to run with all he had to his son. And he, when he got to his son, it says he fell on his neck. In other words, he just jumped on him and embraced him and hugged him tight. And, and the boy began to try to give that speech. And the dad said, hush, no, 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 no. We're putting a robe on your back. We're putting a ring on your finger. We're putting shoes on your feet. We're killing the fattened calf because you are my son and you are home. He said, come home. You're my boy. And maybe today you're thinking, well, what would happen if I come back to Jesus? I've done so much. He says, come home because I love you and I've been longing for you to come home. And I've never left. I've been here the entire time. I've been right here waiting for you. And the moment you turn around, I'm running. So come on. What evil hath he done that's keeping you from coming to Jesus today? 
What evil has he done? It's keeping you from saying yes to Jesus. This morning, just like that crowd 2,000 years ago, you're going to have to answer these questions. Who do you choose? What will you do with Jesus? What evil has he done to you that's keeping you from coming to Jesus? You've got to answer those questions. You can't keep on putting it off because to put it off is to say no to him. You're making a choice by saying no. So do you want a, a life of suffering? Do you want a life separated from the, the peace of God here in this, in this life? And do you want a life of total separation from the presence of God for eternity? Or do you want to know Jesus And do you want to know the power of his resurrection? Do you want to know what it is to be in relationship with him today? I don't care where you're coming from. I don't care where you've been. I don't care where you currently are. Come to Jesus today. He's ready and he's willing. And guess what? He'll do the cleaning up once you get here. So come. Lord, Heavenly Father, today, I thank you. I thank you for your great love for us And I thank you for the questions of a pagan Roman governor. Lord, because they're the questions that we've still got to answer today. And so, Lord, today I pray that I've got friends here that need to be saved. I've got brothers and sisters in Christ that need to get some things right. And I need to get out of the way. And so, Lord, you do the work that only you can do in our midst today. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.